In this message, our senior pastor, Margrethe de Vega, talks through the story of Pentecost. It's found in Acts 2, and Pentecost is a day that happened 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, when the earliest disciples were gathered together and the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And it's this really life-giving and liberating moment for these uh, early followers when they realized that the Spirit is the thing that Jesus had promised them that was going to help them to go out into the world and continue sharing his message. Now, for us today, this might be an interesting idea. Maybe you don't think about the Holy Spirit very much. But in this message, McGray is going to talk about how the work of the Spirit is actually alive and well today. And whether you're wondering if you actually want to continue going to church or being a Christian, or maybe in our particular audience, if you're a United Methodist trying to figure out if you want to remain connected to the United Methodist Church, McGray's message is going to give a really helpful and practical way to think about how the Holy Spirit can be alive and working in our current system today through personal holiness and social holiness and why it's good to be the church and why it actually is pretty good to be a United Methodist. So check it out. Let's pray. Oh God, open our eyes to empathy, curiosity, humility, and to the power of the Holy Spirit that we might be generous and compassionate toward others and ourselves. Amen. There are a few stories in the Bible with more dazzling imagery than that of Pentecost, the day the Holy Spirit came down and birthed the church. I've said in the past that Pentecost has become my favorite holy day of the year. It has yet to be touched by commercial consumerism like Christmas. It has not been infiltrated by bunnies and cream eggs like Easter. It is a day observed by the church, within the church, and about the church. It is our collective birthday. Pentecost reminds us of where we came from and who we are. And most importantly, it reminds us of what we can yet become as the body of Christ at work in the world. I love the way the early church observed Pentecost. The preacher Kristen Adkins Whitesides recalls how the church remembered Pentecost in the Middle Ages. It was a big big deal in those days. This was before the time of widespread literacy, so the stories of the Bible needed to be dramatized, vivified in ways that people could see and experience. Stained glass windows told the stories on most Sundays, but on Pentecost, on Pentecost Sunday, that's when these cathedrals pulled out all the theatrical stops to tell people about how the church began. High above the worshipers in these giant cathedrals, up in the, the large domed ceilings, there were numerous hidden trap doors <laughs> designed specifically for Pentecost. So as the, as the preacher read the story from Acts 2, the story you heard moments ago, as he read about the wind and the flame and the speaking in tongues, people up above the ceiling would open the trap doors and release live doves down into the worship space. These doves symbolize the Holy Spirit and they would descend onto worshipers who were gazing up in awe and wonder at the sight. Granted, I can't help but wonder what else was descending onto the worshipers from the birds, but it had to be a vivid way of experiencing the story. At the same time, to render the sound of the wind, the quieter, 
in the sanctuary would make a whooshing sound with their voices and then bang on drums to create the effect of a rushing and mighty wind and to symbolize the tongues of fire that descended on the early church. The trap doors would open one more time and rose petals would be tossed down onto the worshipers, gently cascading onto them. Birds and drums and whooshing sounds and falling rose petals. Can you imagine such a scene in worship? Well, one year here at Hyde Park United Methodist, we tried to recreate it in a similar way. I was the associate pastor here from 2000 to 2007, as many of you know, and one of my areas of ministry was to coordinate worship. And leading up to Pentecost Sunday one year, Someone on our worship team read about how the medieval church celebrated Pentecost with the cascading of rose petals from the sky. So back in about 2003, when we were worshiping in the activity center while the sanctuary was being renovated, we pondered as a team how we could get rose petals to drop from the large drop ceiling in the room. It was a logistical challenge. No way for people to hide up there. <laughs> no easy way to trigger a drop system. So someone suggested that rather than drop rose petals from the ceiling, we shoot them out of confetti cannons hidden in the back of the room. No joke. So we contacted a local theater supply company. We rented two large fan-driven confetti cannons and we purchased some large bags of fake rose petals made up of red cut-up fabric. The day of Pentecost arrived. We read the stories of Acts 2, and when we got to the part about the rush of a mighty wind and the gentle descent of the tongues of flame resting on each person, our worship team flipped the on switches on both confetti cannons. The sound was likened to giant jet engines mounting a runway takeoff. And when the freshly loaded rose petals were shot through the fan blades of the cannon, they got shredded into tiny bits of fabric, creating a thick red debris cloud in the air. It looked less like rose petals gently descending on disciples and more like an ominous alien attack. The sum effect was not awe and wonder, but sheer shock and horror. This is all to say, that while it is easy to get fixated on the dazzling imagery of Pentecost, we would do better to simply ask the question, what did the first Pentecost not just feel like, but what difference should Pentecost make in us today? That's the true surprise of Pentecost. The good news of Pentecost is that God can still do miraculous and awe-inspiring things when ordinary people are used by God to do extraordinary, unexpected things. Back in February of this year, at a gathering of our elected leaders for a training event, I shared with them a vision of what the next chapter of Hyde Park will look like as we claim the future that God has set before us. It stems from the numerous stories that we are hearing every week of new people who are coming to our church every Sunday, including the largest new member class that we've had in over two years. Some of the visitors and new members that we've talked to have spoken of 
how the theology of this place, Hyde Park, resonates with their hearts and their intellect more than in their prior faith communities. Some people have spoken of their long and meandering journey through other denominations, other faith traditions, but when they have come here to Hyde Park or at the Portico, and they've experienced our core values of warm-heartedness and open-mindedness, they know that the United Methodist Church is for them. Some people are coming here because they've experienced harm in their prior church over issues of justice and inclusion. The sum of all of these stories is this one thing that I'm convinced will mark the next chapter of our church. We offer an expression of Christianity that people are hungering for, and we are one of the few places where people can find it with consistency and humility and excellence. We are uniquely poised to be a bold and compelling voice in how Christianity can be a positive force for good rather than a source of harm. Our core values make us open to a variety of persons and perspectives, allowing us to teach people to love Jesus by loving God and loving all. And as we survey the social and religious contour of our country and, and the brokenness of the world, I believe that what we offer is what this fragmented world desperately needs. There are far too many instances today of what's called toxic theology, in which religion at its worst causes harm and attacks a person's identity and inflames people groups against each other. Pentecost brought together tribes of people from around the world into a life-giving community. And what I believe at my core about Hyde Park is that we provide an alternative to toxic theology that is life-giving, that does not shy away from divisions and controversies that separate us, but practices a balanced and reasonable faith that moves us toward equality and peace. This is the work of a church at its healthiest and best. When I was in Israel, Palestine last February, I was reminded of a Hebrew phrase in the Jewish tradition. It's tikkun olam, repairers of the world. That is what God has called all of us to be, whether we are Jewish or Christian or of another religion or no religion. We have the capacity and the calling to be tikkun olam and be part of the healing and restoration of the world. And this is why Hyde Park has been and will continue to be a United Methodist congregation. Our denomination's mission statement is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Make disciples, transform the world. Both these ideas must be present in equal measure. Make disciples, transform the world. We cannot do one without the other. We cannot pursue personal holiness without social holiness. To simply make disciples without transforming the world is to create religious consumers who do not tikkun olam, repair the world. And to simply transform the world without making disciples is to be defined solely by the latest cause or controversy without a heart that is centered in Jesus Christ and the Bible. Gary Mason shared with us in a sermon several months ago that both of these are like wings on a bird. We need both for balance. We need both to fly. <laughs>
And any church that chooses one at the expense of the other runs the risk of promoting toxic theology. And this is not Hyde Park. From the balcony view of the people who are visiting every week and sharing with us their stories of how they found us and even joining this church, they have found in this place a chance to grow in their relationship with Jesus and grow in their love of all people. And this is the future of Hyde Park, where we will release our full potential of being a place where disciples are made for the tikkun olam of the world. And this comes at a time when our denomination is fraught with differences of opinion over matters of LGBTQ inclusion. This is a time when churches in our own area and around the country are leaving the United Methodist Church because for them, it is a church dividing issue. And they would rather leave the United Methodist Church rather than be in a denomination that seeks to someday ordain LGBTQ persons as clergy or allow them to be married. We pray for these churches. We wish them Godspeed in their departure. But we also pray for those in their congregations who feel bewildered by these actions and may be coming to us as some already have. But even with all of the uncertainty within the denomination, and as we listen to those who are coming to us each and every week, we can together see something remarkable. It is a vision of who we are called to be as United Methodists, dynamic and strong, where personal holiness, making disciples, and social holiness, the transformation of the world, are offered in equal measure. And if we lean in together, and if we quiet ourselves, we will sense it, the love of God filling us like the rush of a mighty wind, the love of God descending on us like tongues of flame, and the love of God cast wide to include all people without exception. This is our Pentecost future at Hyde Park to offer an expression of Christianity that is balanced, reasonable, life-giving, intellectually curious, empathetic, and humble. That we might be generous and compassionate toward others, toward ourselves, and toward all creation. Let us pray. God of Pentecost power, fill us once again with your presence. Renew our commitment to love you and love all people, that we might be agents of healing, reconciliation, and hope for the world. Expand our vision, deepen our faith, widen our reach, and unite us. This we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks so much for watching this message. I think this is one you're going to want to share with a friend. So go to our YouTube page and make sure you copy the link and share it with a friend. And while you're there, go ahead, subscribe, like, comment. We'd love to have a discussion with you about how you think the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in the local church today. Thanks so much for watching and we'll see you next time.